welcome to episode number five of All Fired Up. I can't believe we're already here. It's so exciting. Thank you so much for all of your positive feedback that's been coming through. And please, if you do like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe and to visit iTunes to give us a good rating and review so that more people find out about us and how we're trying to subvert diet culture and the world can become a better place. So this week, I have had the pleasure of talking to one of my colleagues, but also a very good friend, Susan Williams from Zest Nutrition. Susan is a very experienced dietitian and she works with eating disorders and a lot of families and children. So she's very much across that area. As you'll hear in the episode, Susan is also just extremely intelligent and very witty and quite funny at the same time. So she is just an awesomely cool person to talk to. And I knew I wanted to talk to her this week because there has been this a game that's been released directed at children, which has ostensibly been created to reduce, well, we're not actually sure. They're saying it's not a weight loss game, but it's an educational game to help kids not be fat. That's about as much sense I could make of it. Anyway, as you'll hear in the episode, the way they've done it is of great concern. And it seems that nobody is thinking about potential harms to children and to families from taking this kind of irresponsible approach. So it's a really good conversation that I had with Susan, a very needed conversation, because I think too often in this hysterical panic to overcome the perils of obesity. Nobody's really taking the collateral damage and the harm that's being done very seriously at all. So we seem to be more and more willing to do things that are really not at all shown to be effective and literally ignoring harm. And you know what? That's just not okay. I'm a parent of amazing children. Susan's a parent as well. And neither of us want to see our children having this kind of irresponsibility inflicted on them. It's just not something that we want to see happen. So without further ado, I will let you listen to this conversation with me and Susan, and I hope you really enjoy it. So Susan, welcome. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us this week. I know that this one is definitely a topic that's close to both of our hearts as parents and health professionals in the anti-diet space. So tell me, what's firing you up this week? Oh, what's firing me up? Yes, and annoying me. Stupid, irresponsible, unsafe games for children that families teach counting calories you know, score movement just for the calories it burns, score food just for the calories it contains. But hey, you know, it's not teaching calorie counting. It's not for weight loss. Mm. It's the general impact of how whole sick weight culture on kids, our diet culture, our in ideal, and the pressure it's putting on children and the danger it's putting them in. Yeah. So there's a specific game that's come out. that you're referring to and I can just tell that you don't even want to say the name because it makes you feel a bit ill but the name I don't want to send anyone looking for it but anyway it's called Yayo which is a bit of a strange name Yayo I came across it on Facebook because some people were kind of horrified to find this game which literally is teaching children the calorie counts of various foods and also teaching children the quote-unquote value of exercise in terms of calories burned 
This is literally the game and it's aimed at kids in between the age of five and 15. And it's being promoted as an educational game, which is apparently not a weight loss tool. It's of the obesity crisis that it references. Yeah, it's full. The, the homepage is full of, oh my God, and hand wringing and the kids are all fat and... What do you think of the children? Oh, my favourite, the hand wringing. This is the first generation of children that will die, <laughs> have a shorter lifespan than their parents, which is, according to the website, is from the World Health Organisation. I looked at the World Health Organisation website in a lot of detail looking for this reference and couldn't find it anywhere. That reference I looked for as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to have any sort of basis. And I have heard in that, just to divert a little, but that Harriet Brown book, Body of Truth, she's yeah. done some digging as well. And it literally was just a feel opinion because of just because everybody knows and what I can see around me. Well, this, of course, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's very much a few opinion. It started off, I think, in a couple of media conferences in the US and it's since been picked up and there's been various calculations based on statistical models, which... With that as the underpinning theory, (laughs) which isn't by anything. Yeah, all kinds of like really wild assumptions underlying the ah, obesity crisis epidemic. It's extraordinary. I mean, our life expectancy has been growing throughout the last hundred years and it would be fairly a bit of a stretch I guess to to keep life expectancy going on at infinitum forever (laughs) (laughs) for it to level off but anyway I mean this is a diversion but this is one of the hysterical underpinnings of we need this game and this is this is how the you know the obesity fear-mongering it justifies the introduction of stuff that is just really freaking dangerous and this game is really dangerous isn't it it has such dreadful potential to trigger at best disordered eating behavior yeah. disordered thinking but at worst actual full-blown proper diagnosable eating disorders yeah and you know if we're going to bang on about children with shorter lifespans than their parents i think we really need to look at eating disorders as far more likely to impact a lifespan than mm-hmm. obesity just quietly. Well, we know that eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any psychological disorder, full stop. Oh. That's not statistical modelling, that's actual real life. And we both work with people with eating disorders and we know how devastating it is. Yes. The whole family and the whole quality of life and potential for that person to achieve, which is just not the case when we're talking you know, higher weights and obesity. Mm. Can we just both say we hate the word obesity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that out there. Yeah. yeah. It's a disease, right? I have just been looking at the way it was on the website that apparently children at higher weights are diseased children, according to this model and way of thinking, which is I actually disagree with the idea that a body weight is a disease. And as far as I know, in Australia, obesity is not classified as a disease. Yet here we see, because of the rhetoric, because of the panic, it, it seems to be allowable to say just about anything and pathologise body weight to this point. It's really outrageous. Well, let's just say how proud we are that this game has been developed in our own fair country. In Perth, right? Yeah, in... I don't know. 
I, I have had some email correspondence with the creator of this game and you know I want to say to her credit she has been responding to my emails and has been reacting to my concerns <laughs> but you know what I got the pushback I asked the questions you know has has anybody considered the potential harm of releasing this game and the impact on children, particularly with regards to increasing risk of eating disorders? And has any eating disorder specialist been involved in the creation of this game? Was there research done to make sure that the impact on kids wasn't causing disordered eating? And if so, could I see the research? And? I got an email, it was an interesting email back. I got an email back where she was sort of saying that her and I are on the same team, like we're fighting for the same thing. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, she's fairly clearly fighting to eradicate a body type, which is kind of what I'm against. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I cleared that up with her. But look, you know, the scary thing is I got no response on all of those questions about research. I have clarified that no one in an eating disorders unit was asked about this. It's appalling, isn't it? Yeah, it is appalling. I mean, we know that dieting and diet think is the number one risk factor for development of disordered eating. And talking about food in terms of calorie counting and talking about exercise in terms of how much calories that can burn off, that is eating disordered thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Breaking food and movement into numbers is the bread and butter of eating disorders. Mm, it's not cool. And there are so many ways that we could be helping all people, not just fat kids, all oh. humans, <laughs> to look after their bodies in connected and health inspiring ways. And calories and diets and stuff is just not the way to do it but this is definitely like the strong message that i got back from this series of emails from the creator and actually from the endocrinologist who was also involved in creating this game both of them saying stuff about so, how important it is sorry for you know the eradication of fatness mm. and they checked with endocrinologists, no one who works with the devastating result of dieting in children. Mm. So they checked in with the weight specialists. Yep, the healthy weight service. What do we know about doctors and health professionals who work in weight? Hang on a second. That's <laughs> right. They're amongst the most weight-biased health professionals on the planet. <laughs> they said it was okay. I feel much better now. So much they, better now. Yeah, they were satisfied. I'm direct quoting from the email. They were satisfied that there was no threat to children. Oh, so they would disagree with the American Academy of Pediatrics. Can we go obesity is a disease, which we haven't done in Australia, but yay for the States. We're going to copy that, but we're not going to listen to the American Academy of Pediatrics that says not to be talking about weight and diets and yeah. this sort of thing with children. Yeah, yeah, because that was a recommendation that came out recently, right? Yes. Which for the first time, there's this recognition coming from the Paediatric Association that focusing on kids' weight is very unhelpful. Yeah, so talking about healthy foods and exercising, great, which the game does. It just doesn't have to link it with the numbers because yeah. just those numbers are going to be wrong. 
Uh, so what if you're a very tall four-year-old from parents who are very tall and bigger bodied? Yeah. You're going to be requiring different or, and also generating, using different levels of energy, doing exactly the same thing. Mm. If you've just got a slower metabolic rate or your body digests food differently, like the idea that numbers are going to be accurate in every case is just sort of missing the whole, you know, incredible complex evolution of human beings. Mm. Yeah, it's a very blunt such a blunt instrument instrument that they're using and they're going to apply it to all children and let me remind you that <laughs> i can't even say it but this game has apparently gone out to aboriginal communities and oh, yeah right because the problem there the biggest problem they're facing is their weight uh, yeah yes okay not intergenerational trauma or <laughs> poverty or you know oppression and abuse and, and yeah yeah okay yeah they need to know how long they need to walk to get rid of the mars bar that probably costs seven dollars in a community store oh my god oh no yeah yeah, yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah it really i mean that the thought that this has gone out there it is in schools in perth i don't know which ones because i didn't get an answer on that and i don't know if they're running research and i'm actually very sure that there's no one looking out for risk of developing disordered eating and i just really feel for the kids in schools who are getting exposed to this and like that's the stuff that really gets me going is this it's the ignorance of risk, mm. you know, so there's this game and if you look at also, and I'm sure you've had this talked, you know, in your rooms or amongst your, you know, even probably in your children's schools, there's these unawareness or lack of awareness of the harms of, of talking weight around children, especially in the age group that yo-yo game sort of aims at. I've had a few occasions where you know, just because obviously I'm narky, people have contacted me about, you know, today we in maths did, uh, the kids in year five did heights and weights. And so we all weighed ourselves in class. And now my daughter knows that she's the fattest, yeah. not necessarily, she may be the heaviest, who knows what that weight is actually made up of, but she knows she's the heaviest girl and her whole class knows she's the heaviest girl. And and how do I take this kid who's a triathlete, who's fit, who's tall, and talk her down from the edge? Because she now thinks she's fat. Yeah, because the message... Fat isn't neutral in our culture, if only it was. Yeah. But, you know, it's inherently associated with negativity. You know, and then you've got really creative teachers who'll go, well, we did maths with our kiddies, and we associated it with reading Cinderella, and we weighed pumpkins. It's not that hard to be creative. Like, we shouldn't be doing this to children. No, no. Education is lovely, but we have to be very mindful of the type of education that we're giving them. Yeah. And, and also about their level of ability to interpret that information. Yeah. The so nuances. The nuances. Like, the, so the justification for this, yeah, uh, yo stuff, appears to be, you know, this assumption that if people were just educated, then, you know, we would prevent fatness, which is, you know, just not true. But, and, and the reason we want to prevent fatness is because of the onset of these chronic illnesses that might happen later in life. 
Mm -hmm. that, and, and do we even know, I mean, we've got correlations, but yeah. now we're really just coming to understand the effect of shame and stigma, but also weight cycling. Yeah, so, and dieting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, someone gets worried when they're young and then they try and diet and they go up and down in their weight, then they develop inflammation in their body, which makes it more likely that people will hold on to weight and gradually yes. over time become larger. Yep, and like just your body becomes more efficient to conserve energy. It doesn't know. Mm. It's responding to a, a voluntary reduction in energy intake. Yeah. It's responding to famine. Yeah. I better just damp things down just in case this happens again. We'll hold on to more. We'll hold on. I mean, our bodies aren't evolved for Instagram six-pack selfies. Our bodies are evolved for survival. And, you know, it's not aware that there's food in the cupboard, the fridge, the car, the corner shop, the everywhere. Yeah, the abundance that we yeah, have. The literature is so strong on the long-term impact of dieting is weight gain, not weight Yes, loss. I know. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like you just prescribed weight gain. Yeah. Okay. You prescribed the very thing you're trying to avoid. And potential disordered eating. And the, the thing that drives me crazy is, I mean, I've got three kids and, you know, as best I can, we try and maintain you know, body autonomy and predictable routines around food and stuff like that. And their intake will vary day to day. And they'll go for, you know, a couple of days where you just, they can't get enough in and they're insanely hungry. And then it just drops right off. Yeah, my and, kids are the same. And I love that. But also like, how do you score that on Yayo? <laughs> you then go have to run it all off. Like, what do you have to do? I don't get that, you know. And, yeah. and kids develop at different rates. So you've got 10 and 11-year-old girls, pre-adolescent, developing little boobs and yeah. little bottoms and starting to get periods. And then you've got 14 and 15-year-old girls who still haven't. And so, yeah. I mean, and, and you would have heard this story in your rooms. I went on my – I was really skinny as a kid and then I started to gain weight around Puberty. 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever age it is. And that's when I went to Weight Watchers with mum or that's we, the doctor said I was overweight. Mm. Yeah, that's when people off. started saying, oh, gee, you're chunking up, you need to lose. Yeah. And what yeah. happens in a child that's, you know, they're about to develop. Like nature mm -hmm. and evolution, they've got this shit sorted. No, we just need to just acknowledge growth and just let it be without yeah. this enormous stigma and panic and focus all the time on weight. So yeah. disturbing. Because it, Yayo isn't the first, I mean, it's probably the first game. Mm. God, imagine that game. <laughs> oh, can I, can I read you? I, really, I want to read you something because <laughs> this is an actual testimonial on the website, right? This is how fun it is. I just want to read it to you. Okay, this is from Alicia. This is from Alicia. Clever and easy to play. I was really worried about my brothers and sisters. They all eat too much and are packing on the weight. And so are their kids. They are just too busy to take care of themselves and my hints don't work. <laughs> I brought the yo-yo game out one night when everyone was around at our place for dinner. Oh. They had a go and I could see them all having aha moments. Yo-yo is doing the rounds of our family now. I'm so thrilled. Oh, Alicia. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you are a sanctimonious judge. <laughs> cow oh, 
<laughs> Sorry, Alicia, but no. No. Pull out the twister, Alicia. Oh, my God, how awful. Oh, how oh, my, my hints don't work. Really? <laughs> Who asked you, Alicia? I imagine the drive home of poor old the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Will she ever give it a rest? Well, um, yeah, we'll take it. No worries. Everyone's mm. loving Yo-Yo. <laughs> it's doing the rounds of the family, I'm sure. Oh, please. Yeah, because it's so hard to get information about calories like mm. everywhere mm. everywhere oh, that was actually part of the uh response i think from the endocrinologist or the creator i can't remember which one saying that there, there's so much information out there that they wanted to give accurate information <laughs> they want to add to it to the actual like conflicting noise yeah noise like i just i yeah i just don't see how this can be actually anything other than harmful yeah, really. yeah, the entire the entire premise is disturbed, mm-hmm. and the way of going about it is just going to reinforce diet culture to the nth degree. It's so unnecessary. There are like imagine an alternative game. Like we could come up with a really cool game about mindful eating for kids. Oh my goodness! And they're the ultimate mindful eaters. Children are mindful eaters, mm. intuitive movers. Mm. So we could. Yeah. We could so have fun that would actually be fun right yes pay attention look at the color smell mm. it feel it how does it feel in your mouth what's the first thing you taste like how does it how does your body feel now that you've had a few mouthfuls of that is it warmer is it, mm. is it warm? i know i know and that's you take that anywhere that embodied mindful appreciation mm. for the effect of particular foods on your body that's with you all the time as you grow up, as you become more hungry, as that hunger drops off, as you're out for dinner, as you're having a sleepover at a friend's house, you know, like that's portable. That's what we have. You know, that's constantly what we're talking to clients to, you know. And we know how good that is for bodies, right? If we're so right. concerned about the impact on health, there's, um, there's, there's such a rich literature on intuitive and mindful eating and how people who do it really do enjoy lovely health. Yes, and joyful <laughs> movement too. Like, and yeah, yeah, connected, yeah. joyful movement rather than the go hard, go home, or I've got to walk off that Mars bar. And you watch the way, and like all bodies will be different. And this is, we know this too. You know, there have been studies done on like infants where some of them have very sort of a lot of body movement, even in infancy as new babies, and some just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. still. Yeah, but that's okay. That's what their body needs to do. You know, this is what we don't seem to understand: is that bodies are different. They'll have different needs, and you know, if a, if a body is fatter, maybe it's protective for that body to be fatter than the person that's innately naturally got a thinner body. That's right for that person and that little genetic setup that they've got. I don't understand. Are you saying that if everybody eats less and moves more, they're not all going to be thin? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? We assume. <laughs> We assume when we look at someone that we know what they do. Actually, we're talking about like inadvertent weight shaming in school age children. Mm. Oh my goodness. My oldest daughter is in year seven this year. Yeah. And she's just started doing food tech and she's really loving it, but I'm not quite sure how it comes to be in food tech, but there's this workbook and she was showing me and there's this 
four statements and four like sort of four missing words and you've got to put the right words with the right statement you know at the top of the page there's the stereotypical very unhappy cartoon large body person standing on scales oh. and the statements I can't remember all of them but one of the statements was if you eat too much junk food and don't do enough exercise you will gain and the only logical out of all the four things she could choose from was body fat and she said to me mum I had to put that there and I said it's like I didn't say what I was thinking because I was sort of raging I'm trying to keep the blue language for you know when she's at least an adult (laughs) and I said okay right we don't talk junk food but she knows what that means I said do we eat much she's like yeah <laughs> you know there's usually a bag of chips and some chocolate and biscuits and you know we've plenty of discretionary food I said you know okay so let's use my body as an example do I eat much of that she goes yeah and I said how often am I going out and doing like intentional physical activity like exercise she's like not much I'm like okay what happens to my body because you can't see me but I'm pretty skinny right it's just my body and I was like so is that what happens for every single person Mm. no this is what you know which is the thing we don't appreciate about bodies is they Mm. will do what they will do and it's not to say eating lots of discretionary food and not moving intentionally very often is a great idea but it doesn't necessarily show as an increase in body fat you know the thing is they could have said you feel sluggish or you feel if when you you know and tired or maybe mm, you don't have bad bowel habits you know like there's all sorts of stuff that didn't have to be about body fat <laughs> <laughs> oh yes because the worst thing that can happen exactly. if you are a bad individual is that your body fat will increase and that's your fault and you must do something about it yeah yeah that's, I mean, that's diet culture all I could say to her was, it's actually, this isn't a fight for you to have. So, yeah. you know, as much as I could sort of see that she was really frustrated and upset by it. I said, this is a fight for the grown-ups to have <laughs> and yeah. I'll have a chat to school. But, you know, we've had a few in our circle of kids bringing home projects that are keep food tiring. Yeah, um, I remember you talking so, about that. Yeah, school. And just the potential... You know, perhaps the majority of children, it will go just wash on over, won't have any effect at all. But there'll be those small number of kids who will take it on as, like in yo-yo, the less food, the better. So there's a scoring card in yo-yo. You know, the less food points, the better. More energy points, the better. And the closer the gap, that's what they're trying to get, is closer the gap. How on earth do the we... The food has no, like, null value, like you've burned everything off. And that's, yeah, that's right. And, like, the majority of our energy requirement isn't for movement, isn't for, like, intentional planned physical activity, for heart beating, mm-hmm. lungs breathing, brain working, blood mm-hmm. pumping. It's yeah. our metabolic, like a basal metabolic rate, just staying alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I was saying before, yo-yo isn't the first... Thing that link like all of our fitness trackers do this. Oh yeah, you know, mm. they have a calorie count and a calorie count mm. in and out. And how many clients have you had that have developed disordered eating using those right. things? Yeah, many and many yeah, relapsing when someone gives it to them as a bloody Christmas present. Oh, a Fitbit or a mm. what? Yeah, my goodness. Mm. It's just got to change because 
this emphasis on tracking and you know yeah. it doesn't even work like we know from the research literature that this stuff doesn't work to help people reduce weight in the long term but it doesn't does cause work. disordered stuff yeah. and we can't do this to kids we can't no. do this to kids i actually had a young client it wasn't actually she was a sort of extended family member sort of but anyway she was contacting me and she's a dancer and she was a bit worried because she started using one of the apps as a my fitness pal and she said, I don't think it's working for me mm. because like I've lost my period. Hello. Oh and I'm binging in the evening. I never used to do this before. Mm. Yeah. This kid's a dancer. You know, mm. she's at like a dance school. Like how mm. on earth do you calculate that energy requirement? How do you up your baseline to take that into account? Yeah. Well, these products are not designed, they're not designed to be personalised. We've got mechanisms within our body, like increased appetite, mm. you know, like yeah. resting, more sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really scary because we know, like you said, it might be a small number of kids who are developing disorders, but we know now that there is a genetic basis for like a vulnerability That's to right. eating disorders. So calorie counters or... You know, these kinds of games can very well be the trigger. It doesn't have to be a very big trigger if you have this yeah. vulnerability. And we, yeah. the thing is we don't know which kids have the vulnerability. That's right. That's, that's, that's just very scary. The, the, the intense sort of physical and psychological risk of a diagnosed eating disorder is the pointy end. But look at the majority of the population have this body dissatisfaction, this... Yeah less than experience of their life yeah. because of the chatter in their head around weight. Mm. So is that really what we want for our children? No, absolutely not. There is no, if anyone tries to get this game anywhere near one of my children, I will stick it where the sun doesn't shine. I just want to keep this as far away from my kids as possible. Yeah, and, and do stuff that's that's much more responsible. You know, like we know as parents, and I, anyone who's listening, yes, our children don't listen to us either. <laughs> they notice what we do. They notice how we treat ourselves. We notice how we talk about our own bodies, and so like if we genuinely want sound eating and movement then we need to clean up our own backyard first. Mm -hmm. And we need to have a good, solid, steady sense of ourselves and our worth and be embracing these behaviours ourselves from a place of self-care. And that's, that's hard work in itself. Mm. I can see how this game would appeal to people, you know, especially like, you know, parents who are in larger bodies themselves would be thinking, oh, you know, this will help me prevent the pain that I've experienced in my children. But that's not going to work. That's not going to be the mm. thing that prevents it. Mm. Mm. The thing that prevents it is actually that self-acceptance and embracing ourselves and, and taking on the health behaviours for yeah. our yeah. health, not our weight. Not a focus on weight. It's a focus on the internal stuff, right? Yeah, and you've got, like, what are some of the models that you use and you teach people who are trying to get away from this diet mentality? My favourite thing to talk to, particularly talk to parents about, because parents will come in and say, you, you need to tell my child to eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why will it work with your child? They don't know who I am. It doesn't work with mine. But so we talk very much, oh, the woman who saved dietetics for me, Ellen Satter, she's just, should be the whole world's food advisor and probably every person's grandma. Mm -hmm. 
but she has a model that she's developed called Division of Responsibility. And it's a, just a beautiful, respectful way of managing food and movement in a household and maintaining body autonomy and body respect. So the underpinning of it is, is that we are born with the ability to regulate ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, no, crazy. Oh, my God. And so that we as parents respect our child's appetite, fullness, likes and dislikes, but we're modelling the range of foods, the types of foods, eating manners at the table, all of that sort of stuff. So what it would look like in a, in a family situation would be a fairly, like whatever works for a particular family, but say like, you know, routine of breakfast, something mid-morning, lunch, something mid-afternoon, dinner and dessert if you're a dessert family or whatever, but that we eat as often as possible together. We eat with focus, we mm-hmm. have a table. You know, particularly at an evening meal, we might be at the table and the food is all in the centre and there's self-service and we each manage our own appetite and we can have more or less. And there's no pressure, there's no punishment, there's always a familiar food at the table food prepared by the adults that's our job our, our jobs are to choose and prepare the food provide the routine make meal times pleasant model behavior that we want children to have so we generally hopefully us as parents should know more about food and nutrition mm. and preparation than our children it's not their job but we're preparing and providing food that's, that can be eaten, you know, that takes children's behavioural development sort of stuff into account. And that children do have slightly different energy requirements because they are so small and they are growing. And so while adults may like a much lower fat intake, children need that fat there for their energy. And so it might be that there's, you know, sour cream or mayonnaise or bread and butter on the table or their cooking methods are a bit different for... Anyway, so... Beautiful. I love Ellen Satter's stuff. Oh, I love her so much. Mm, I mean, the thing too, she has the same sort of philosophy around movement that as parents, we provide the opportunities. Yeah, we do the kind of infrastructure and we let kids take care of their own bodies and it's so empowering and it's so safety giving. Like I think of it as a kid, like people like the yo-yo people saying, look, we need to educate, that they're failing to recognise the difference between education as adults and education as kids. So like kids, they need to learn to say, for example, like manage money, but you know, to a five-year-old, we're not like sitting them down and talking about, you know, tax breaks and the stock market. Compound interest. Can you be guarantor on the house? Like, we're not doing that because it's too much information. We might give them a money box, right? Yep. That's what calorie counting and stuff like that is adult stuff because it is potentially very unsafe for little heads. Yeah, yeah. It's even unsafe for adult heads if there's already a disturbance there. So. Keep all of that stuff away. And I think, like adults, like the complexity of this sort of stuff for adults, when their body is grown and probably fairly similar energy requirement day in, day out, unless they're doing something really phenomenal on one day, children got the added complexity of they're growing. Like mm. we don't know where they are in their cycle. Are, are they about to have a growth spurt? Are we going to pull calories back? Like why would we be thinking that we know better than their body? 
I know. My, my five-year-old right now is going through this with spurt and she is eating more than me and her sister put together. <laughs> and it, but it's just really cute because she, she will just keep asking for yeah, she can't fill her up. Hmm, I like in the Ellen Satter, probably the last the last point she makes of parents feeding jobs is let children grow up and get bodies that are right for them. Oh. And I just think that's where we struggle, right? That safety, confidence, sort of steadiness. And like for your five year old, like imagine if you were a dieting mum or a mum yeah. who was like freaking out about weight. Can you imagine how she would respond if you were like, ah, no, you've had enough. I've decided you can't possibly be hungry. Like, what are we telling them about their bodies that they're not trustworthy? And mm. how's that helpful? Like, they're in a situation that feels uncomfortable and they've got their little spider signals sort of tingling. Yeah. And, oh, no, you can't trust your body. So you stay in that unsafe situation. Like, I don't think that's too big a leap to make that connection. Like, if we turn off body trust in our children like we are not doing them any favors whatsoever beautiful absolutely we need to turn on the body trust yeah. and i think that what makes that difficult for us is because of the weight bias that's so rampant in our culture because yeah, yeah. we're so much given this message that it's not okay to be anything above a bmi of 25 it's not okay to be fat there's research that says you know certain most of us are yeah <laughs> and also a lot of us are actually healthier than at lower BMIs when we're um, yeah, high yeah. BMIs. But that's, that's, that's it. It's just a fear because of culture. It's the health risks are amplified and overblown. The solution is not about calorie counting and scaring yeah. the hell out of kids or equating a Mars bar to playing a game of football. It's just not okay. And I think that the behaviours around our diet thin obsessed culture are calorie counting, exercise mm. tracking, power. Mm. You How's know, that going, right? How's yeah, that going? Exactly. Hello. But we've, we've come to think of that as normal. And mm. so then I was, I was at a, a <laughs> I am that parent canteen committee meeting the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even. <laughs> One of the staff members, because I'm really pushing that it's a body safe space and that we don't promote any sort of diet messages in that at all through you know what we serve or you know how we do it. And one of the teachers said, you know, how do we expect children to have willpower? I'm 37 and I haven't got any willpower. Oh, Lordy. And then on Saturday, I had a birthday party for my eight-year-old and in a stroke of genius, I decided it would be a good idea to get a chocolate fountain. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> anyway, it did occur to me on the day that that probably wasn't one of my smartest ideas, but watching the way the kids dealt with it. Mm was very, very interesting. So when they got to my house, they were, like, their little minds were blown. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. <laughs> and within about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, they were sort of done. Yeah. They'd had it. They'd dip marshmallows, like, you know, and then they were outdoors doing musical statues mm. they were just so okay like the excitement of it they had it and then they went and those are embodied children you know yep and they're not overdoing it because they feel safe and they're just having fun that's right and they can feel it and i know at the end of the party bring out the birthday cake it was number eight with smarties all over it, it was mm, i saw on facebook it looked amazing it was pretty good it was a cake <laughs> 
And now most of the kids just went, eh, no thanks, I'm full. Mm. Well, no, nah, thanks, I'm not hungry. Yeah. There's a few parents that did the, like, sort of, oh, what? Mm. <laughs> what do you mean you're not hungry? What's hunger got to do with it? Yeah. You know what, Susan, my, my kids do the same thing at parties. They're, by the time the cake comes out, they're so over it. because. Yeah, yeah. and so there's that demonstration of them knowing their body. Mm. I'm done, yeah. I don't need any cake. It's cake, it's just a food, it's... Yeah. Food. And if there was a kid at your kid's birthday party saying, oh, these marshmallows have X number of calories in them and the chocolate dip has this much calories in them and then we'll run around for half an hour so we can do it. Yeah. That, that just makes me want to cry. It really does. That is not a good sign, yeah, healthy yeah. sign. That is yeah. not good. You know, watching the sort of even intuitive movement amongst, like, so it was about half girls, half boys. And at one point there was just this, like, rumble. A boy rumble mm -hmm. and I've got three girls so like I'm not used to the sort of Wrestlemania thing yeah but it was the cutest thing it was like this is what we need to do right now we need to be all over each other and just rolling yeah. around because we've um, got energy and we need to like do something yeah, that's right exactly like the chocolates kicked in and here we go <laughs> so you know I think if as adults who love our children that we embrace our jobs which is providing and look, you know, like there's a whole lot of privilege there, isn't there? Providing a reliable food supply, a safe space to move. You know, that's where we've got, I think we, you know, this idea of educating the individual mm. just misses the complexity of health and all of the influences. Like you've seen that obesity spaghetti diagram. Mm. Yes, I'll put that up in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right in the centre of it mm. is like the smallest bit and it's, sort of energy in, energy out. Yeah, there's you know, so many factors. On that, yo-yo, like <laughs> where's the social implications or the social, what are they called, social determinants of health? Like mm -hmm. many, many things go into our weight. Many, many things go into our health. They're yeah. not the same thing. They really and are not. The best thing we can do as parents is yeah. support our kids to be connected little beings. Yeah, and develop redevelop or reconnect with our own innate body wisdom and mm. whatever weight we are to mm. you know, work on our stuff that's a really important thing I think because you know if we're not modeling that we can say all the right things you know your body is beautiful that's like you know like if we're not modeling that as well it falls flat yeah, but that's the thing, right? Cleaning up your own backyard. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think it's really helpful as an adult to like interpret body stuff for children. Yeah, yeah. You know, how, how long has it taken your girls to work out what's actually a feeling of needing to go to the toilet and what's actually a feeling of hunger? Like, oh, look, we're still going through it. <laughs> or even sort of flagging, like, is that how's that make your body feel when you do that? Like, not. It's a constant process of checking in. It doesn't yeah, ever stop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. Susan, I could talk to you all day, but we've got to stop. And, we do, I know. Get on with our day. But I'm so glad we had this conversation because there is an alternative to stupid games like yo-yo, which are not going to save the world. And thank you for all your wisdom and insights on that. You're welcome. I'm just full of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you <tell> my children. <laughs> Thank you so much and we will talk soon. Indeed. Thanks Bye. for having me. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. The incredible Susan Williams. I'm sure you, I mean, you just had a little taste of how awesome she is, how dry and witty and also deeply intelligent and thoughtful.
You can find out more about Susan at bestnutrition.com.au. So that was our week and I will be back next week with another fresh stinking pile of diet culture crap. And please, if you've got anything that you want to contribute, if you think there's something we need to be talking about, get in contact with us and send us an email at admin at untrapped.com.au. And thank you once again for listening to the podcast and leave those ratings and reviews and subscribe and chat and get in contact because this conversation about how much diet culture stinks is really overdue and it's extremely satisfying to see the interest that's kind of coming forth as we venture into this area. So I will speak to you all next week. Until then, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap.